participants are muted and they can unmute themselves. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. We thank the Lord this morning for just allowing us to see another day this morning that we can gather together in his awesome name this morning to talk about the revelations of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to learn about those revelations. Amen. Those revealings, those things that were written for our learning that we may know that we only have eternal life through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And so what a wonderful uh, uh, opportunity to know how, amen, we get there. Amen. For that is the motivation for us to endure to the end and to press on to see what it's going to be. Amen. Because of the precious promises of God that have been made available to us for our learning. Amen. And to be able to share. Amen. Uh, some good old spiritual, amen, uh, insight, amen, wisdom and knowledge because people just don't know how, amen. And so we want to be able to show them the way, amen, as we walk in the way, as he is the way, the life, you know. And so we thank God. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, amen. And so this is how we live, amen, toward our eternity, amen. So we live our life today in light of it because we have what has been written to us for our learning, to show us the way. Amen. And we thank God that Jesus is the way. There's no other way, even though there are ways out there, people try to carve out, but we know that there is no other way. Yeah. There are those multiple ways on the man that seemeth right, but the end thereof leadeth to destruction. But we thank God that, that we are walking in the light as he is in the light. Amen. And so what we're going to do this morning, we're going to continue our study this morning. This is Pastor Lester Hayes, and we're here with my lovely wife, Pastor Sharon Hayes, and greet all of you this morning in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we just thank God. Amen. Beautiful service on yesterday. Amen. And we just thank God. Beautiful word on School of Healing. Praise and worship was awesome. The word yesterday and our service was awesome. And so we just have so much to look back on and to be grateful, to reflect on. Amen. And we just give God praise. We give God glory for what he's doing. His truth is marching on. Amen. And we'll be holding and seeing even more wonderful, beautiful things from his plan of salvation. And so we thank God every time we look into this perfect law of liberty, there's something else to be discovered and something else about God to behold. And so we thank God this morning. Amen. Uh, let's just pray and get into this word this morning. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, Father, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Father, we thank you this morning. Holy Spirit, now we ask you to have your way this morning. Amen. Just have your way, Holy Ghost. Move in a mighty way. Enlighten us this morning. Instruct us this morning. Advise us. Warn us this morning. But prepare us. Amen. For what lies ahead as we come this morning to the throne. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Then again, uh, like I said, we're going to be picking up our study this morning and the the book of first John chapter two. And we're going to uh, look at verse 17 this morning. We finished up with, uh, tried to finish up the other day with verse 16. Amen. Some very, um, very, uh, powerful reference scriptures in that, in that particular verse. Amen. And, um, just, uh, you know, the, la I think the last, uh, couple of verses that we did not cover, uh, had to do with vision, uh, earthly vision, uh, 
you know, it's usually centered around the things of this world. Amen. And so it seems like that's where a lot of us are enticed to look at things and, you know, literally and physically and sometimes spiritually is the last place we look to see God. Amen. And so that's just called vision. You know what I'm saying? That revelation of Jesus Christ that we learned because without revelation, we take off or, you know, we, 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 we take off restraint. We don't, nothing restrains us without vision. We have to be able to see something. Amen to be able to uh, be restrained, amen. And a lot of times God opens our eyes and let us see things. Sometimes we see danger before it happens. Sometimes we see doors of blessing before it happens. But but sometimes God restrains us because the timing is not right or, you know, he, he wants us to wait on him, amen. And so he gives us vision. And a lot of times there's a, a, a earthly vision sometimes that can be deceptive, it can be deceiving, Amen. That's why he say people perish for a lack of vision. And sometimes they have the wrong vision, you know, meaning revelation. Amen. Without we have, we take off restraint, you know, and then we end up doing whatever we want to do, how we want to do it. And a lot of times that vision, that revelation, uh, not only of God, sometimes even of things in this world, we start seeing things, we start seeing possibilities, and then it turns into a temptation. And we might get ahead of God or we might try to lean to what we think is right. And that's temptation. That's where temptation sets in. And there's no temptation in the man that is not common to everybody. So don't don't think for a minute that you're exempt. We're exempt. I'm exempt. Nobody's exempt from temptation. Everybody's going to be tempted. Lord said it's common to man to be tempted, but he's not the one tempting us. He's the one that's testing us in the temptation in the trial, in the tribulation. Satan is the one that's trying to tempt us to doubt God and to do things his way. Amen. And so that's what the, that's the danger of temptation is knowing you have to be able to discern, is this God testing me, testing my faith, or is this Satan trying to tempt me to doubt God? And he can dress it up and make it sound real, real pretty. But see, the Lord just cuts it straight. He just advises, he warns, he tells us just like it is. He don't play around with that. He cuts it right straight. And that's why we have to study to show ourselves approved in the God is working who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, cutting it straight. Don't add nothing to it. Take nothing from it. Don't take no detours. Don't try to go around it, over it, under it. Just go straight ahead with God because broad is that way. Amen. And many shall come there too, but only a few shall enter therein because it's straight and it's narrow. You know, amen. And, and, and many are chosen, but you know, only a few will enter therein says the Lord, because of that earthly vision that's going to tempt a lot of people. That's the source of temptation, that earthly vision, that lust of the eye, that pride of life, that lust of the flesh. That's where temptation begins right there to take your eyes off of God. And in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 4, verse 8, the King James Bible, it talks about it. It says, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And so he tried to do that with Jesus. He tried to pull that stunt on Jesus. But in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 8 of the King James Bible, tells us about it, you know, so that we'll know those are his way he does things. And a lot of times uh, when people fall into that trap, it's because of pride, <coughs> you know, pride. And, and we receive warnings, you know, pride is, <coughs> deals with warnings. 
conceit, self-love, haughtiness, and arrogance. Those are using some tenets of pride right there. And it talks about it in the book of Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 of the King James Bible. It warns us, it says here, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. And so there's that temptation to operate in pride right there. And we know the pride of life. That's what happens. We want to brag and boast and be braggadocious about what we did, all that we accomplished. Amen. You know, in, in the Lord's name, like that's going to make a difference. You know, sometimes people throw that out there, man, because they, they operate in a religious spirit, you know. But he warns us right there about that conceit, about that self-love, about that haughtiness, about that arrogance. He wants us to be humble as lambs. And so this morning, we're going to pick up our study this morning. Again, we're talking about the misconceptions of man out there, uh, three main ones we've been talking about. And then we talked about the seven tests, amen, that prove that we know God, amen. And we talked about walking in love, you know, in a crazy, hateful world and environment with hateful people that hate Christians. Amen. It's very hard. It's very difficult, you know, and, and some folks say, well, it's easy for me because, you know, I'm anointed. I'm this, I'm that. You just haven't met the right situation yet to test us. Amen. But it will come. Amen. In the meantime, what do we do to help ourselves? We do what we're doing. We prepare ourselves. We take these warnings ahead of time. We take this advice. We take these instructions. Amen. So we don't end up being deceived or being taken advantage of. And so we're going to look at verse 17 this morning. Amen. In the book of first John chapter two, verse 17, the King James Bible and deal with these revelations. And we're going to see here warnings against worldliness, you know, doers of God's will don't fall into the trap. Amen. And notice what I said, doers, but those who only have it in, in their mouth and, and, and saying it, and don't go ahead and do it, a lot of times are the ones who fall into that temptation trap. And so we have to be not forget for hearers, but doers, as James says, of the work of God's will. Amen. The results is an unfading life. You know, when we begin to do God's will, our life will not fade. It will be lived according to God's will because God will help us to do his will. He's not going to help us do the bidding of the world and Satan's will. I mean, he'll help us if we're doing good in this world, but he's not going to help us, man, to worship things uh, that's not of God. You know, idolatry, you know, and all this stuff, you know, God don't want any more. That's called idolatry. He don't want any more love toward those things. That's why he said, love not the world and the things of the world. But the people, now that's a different story. Amen. And so this is that misconception. So the results is an unfading life. You know, it'll be a full life, a blossoming life, a life of prosperity and blessings if yes. we do it God's way. And next, you got to think about eternal, you know, the eternal reward for obedience unto the end. There is such a great reward for us who endure to the end to see what the end going to be, to really be saved, you know, because God is going to reward those who are faithful to the end. He's going to punish those who are unfaithful to the end. But we leave all that up to God. Amen. And we just have to prepare ourselves for where are we going to end up at? What's going to be our reward? 
you know, thank God that he tells us ahead of time. So we don't have, we have no excuse. I mean, it's some beautiful things that God has planned for us. A new heaven, a new earth, no more crying, no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. I mean, it's just beautiful to think about eternity, amen, in regards to uh, what the word tells us. So let's look at verse 17. It says, and the world, okay, passes away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So it takes an obedient man, amen, because Peter Peter got it right. Peter, when he got released, man, from the prison, saw the power of God break that foundation in half, and he walked out free, man, as they were at home praying for him. And Peter walks out, and eventually Peter goes on, and he's ministering, man, and they're threatening Peter. Didn't we tell you not to speak in this name? And Peter said, man, you don't understand. It's better to obey God than it is to obey man. You just don't understand what, where, where he bought me from. And so a lot of us find ourselves sometimes in similar situations. We may not have been in no prison in a dungeon with, with shackles on us, but there are other kind of shackles that God has broke us free from, some addictions and some things that we're not very proud of, but we know that we're here to because the Lord broke us free. He took those, he removed those shackles. You know, he brought us out of darkness and put us in his marvelous light. So we can really relate to and yes. identify to where, where, where what Peter is saying here. It's better to obey God than it is to obey man. You know, the things of the world. It's better to obey the things of God than obey the things of man. You know, we say always say, seek ye first God's way of doing things and God's going to add all this other stuff things out here to us amen we don't have to spend our time and make that our priority even though those things are important but they're not as important as our relationship with god and so he uh, says here man you know that you know these things are going to pass away the lust thereof remember the three lusts lust of the eye lust of the flesh and the pride of life he said those things are going to pass away but if you if you stick with god amen and uh, so it's, 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 there's a word that comes to mind here called mutability. You know, you have the other word is immutability. And that means that some things, amen, uh, 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 you know, gonna, not going to last as long as we think they are. But there are some, some things that will last beyond how we think they're going to. And those are the things of God. And those are the things that we should pursue. Amen. And he goes on to talk about this, uh, this mutability of material things the expiration on them, the temporary lifespan of them. That's why you can't put a whole lot of hope and trust in it, not even in man, you know. Our hope and our trust should be in an eternal God who will always be. There's no beginning to him, no end to him. He's always been and he will always be. Amen. And in order for us to be with him eternally, we got to start living our life today in light of that. That's a reality that awaits us. Amen. But we have to pursue it, you know, with everything that's in us now. We have time left, time given, time granted now to spend our time doing those things that, that pleases God, you know, because he's watching over it. Amen. He's watching what we do. He's writing it down. He's keeping a record. Now that we say, where's the fruit of that? Where's the proof of that? These are the tests that we have to take. Amen. Because God is watching everything we do and say, and our integrity have to get by him. You know, and so this is why the teaching is so important. This is why the instructions is so important. This is why taking heed to the warnings is so important. Now we have a vision of what could be. We have a vision of what going, what's going to be. We have a vision, man, amen, of what's taking place right now. And we have to contribute all of it to God. 
because God ain't caught by surprise. God knew exactly what's going on. And the good news is this has already been foretold to us. And so let's look at this mutability of material things. In the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 35, the King James Bible. Now, we're talking about mutability, things that are going to pass away anyway, things that are going to end and expire anyway. And it says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. So that's going to be the only thing left is God's word. Now, we know Jesus Christ is the living word of God. So that's what he's saying. What Jesus said is the only thing that's going to last, you know, and only what you do for him is what's going to last and count in the end. The whole duty of a man, according to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, the last verse in that chapter, it says, hey, the whole duty of a man, the whole conclusion of the matter is that we fear God and keep his commandments. You know, why? Because that's the only thing going to be there in the end. Everything else will pass away as the scripture just told us. And so the scripture here bears record to that, the mutability of those things of the earth, you know, and of the heavens. Why? Well, God's going to make everything new, you know? And so it goes on to say in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 7, verse 31 of the King James Bible, it says, And they that use this world as not abusing it for the fashion of this world passes away. So he's telling, see, a lot of people feel like. If you take away certain things in this world, they don't have nothing. Rich people believe if they lose their money that they don't have nothing. They don't even want to live, you know. Mm -hmm. Poor people, man, think that if I don't get this, you know, they're not going to make it. And so really no one is really focusing on, man, what about when this life is over, when it passes away? What are you going to have then? Well, if you're not laying something up right now in that heavenly treasure for you that cannot be, you know, broken in and stolen by thief and robbers and can't be eaten up by moss and rust, then what you have is what you have. And that's it. When that's gone, you have nothing else because you haven't laid nothing up for yourself in that treasure, in that heavenly bank account, you know. And so that's what he says that we ought to do right now. Lay not up those things, you know. You know, they're going to pass away, as he says right here. And they use this world as not abusing it. And so God is saying, don't abuse it by making a God out of it. Don't abuse it by being, you know, making an idol out of it. You know, don't put more confidence and trust in these lustful things that lead you away by your only lustful desire because you want more of them. And the more you get, the more you want. That's greed, which is a sin. You know, and God is saying, look, I will supply all you need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You don't have to want for any good or beneficial thing. I would give you, you know, the desires of your heart if you walk up right before me. You know, if you meet these conditions, you know, I don't have no problem with blessing you. I want you to have life and have it more abundantly. I want you to have life and everything in it that pertains to godliness that you can enjoy it. I'm not trying to withhold nothing from you. I'm trying to get everything to you, but I will delay things sometimes and give you a chance to mature and learn how God's system works. And sometimes you have to break all that we've learned about how, how to get ahead and how to take advantage of, of, of this worldly, these worldly systems that are failing us left and right every day. And we put so much stock in them. And they're not, the systems are not bad within themselves. It's just sometimes we make them more important than God. And that's where God has a problem at because that's a problem with my heart. That ain't a problem with the world. These systems out there, they were going to fail us from the beginning. They've never been a substitute for God. All the way from the beginning. If you remember in, in, when Jesus was, was tempted in the book of Luke, you know, they took him up. The Satan took him up and tried to tempt him. We just read that. 
up on that high plane and he wanted to see all them old big buildings and all them structures and statues and you know even Paul on Mars Hill when he was preaching over in the book of Acts, the 10th chapter. Paul said, you, you worship an unknown God. You got a tag up here saying the king of the Jews, but he's unknown to you. You don't understand his ways, his plans, his, his eternal plan of salvation. You don't understand he's the way to the Father, no other way. You know, so this is, this is historically documented, you know. And so he's saying, look, you know, you use the world, you know, as abusing it. You don't know it, but you are. Because God said, it's, I gave it to you to have dominion over it, you know, a fair share for everybody, that inalienable right, you know, to everybody from the creator, the sovereign creator. But we have so compartmentalized everything, man. We got classes of people live over here. You can't cross this, this, this line, this boundary. <clears throat> you know, we do these censuses and where we put these people over here and we put these people over here and we put these people over here so we can keep track of them like they're property, like they're slaves or something, encampments and all that. It's not what God designed, you know, you know, that's that's the abuse right there, you know. And he says, for the fashion of this world passes away. He's saying all that's going to pass away in due time. It's going to pass away. And then what are you going to have? What are you going to have? Nothing, you know, and this is what concerns God. I sent my son not to die for nothing. I sent my son to die that you might have a right to the tree of life, which is going to be in the center of the garden. If you read in the book of Revelation, chapter 21 and 22, it talks about that. And the Lord is going to be the brightness of it. And that's what we have to look forward to, where there'll be no more tears, no more pain. You, in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 4, it talks about it. You know, and so all this stuff as we see it now is going to pass away. And he says, yeah, we, I know I'm, I'm telling you, I know you, Paul said, telling the church, I know you're abusing it. Paul said, because I used to be a part of it, but God called me out of it. You know, he called me out of it. And now he's placed my feet, you know, on a solid rock. Jesus Christ is that rock. You know, upon that rock, he's going to build his church in the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Peter figured it out. We need to figure it out. So he goes on and says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, the King James Bible, he says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen, here it is now, are temporal, but the things which are not seen, they are eternal. You know, and it takes faith to do that. You know, you got to read the word, see what it says, and then you got to have a choice of, do I believe it or do I not believe it? It's just that simple. You're either going to believe what you read or you're going to reject it. It's nothing new. That's how it's always been with the people on this planet. You had some that came to the Lord and believed that he was who he said he was and that he was going to do what he said he was going to do. You had some that turned away and went the other way, rejected him. Primarily the Jews, his created people, they rejected him. Then he says, okay, go ahead now and preach it to the Gentiles. See if they're going to reject me. Offer it to them now. First the Jews, now the Gentiles. And many were converted. Today, many are still getting converted. Why? That's the power of the gospel. That's the power of the truth. The message has not changed. And it's still having the same effect because people are getting saved. Some Jews are being converted. Some other nationalities and races of people are being converted. Some other folks are coming out of some of these religions That's that they right. found themselves in. 
you know, 4,400 different denominations out there. Some people, man, are figuring out this stuff is not setting me free. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this teaching is not setting me free. If anything, it's controlling me. It's binding me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I'm dying just like everybody else. I'm getting sick just like everybody else. I thought this was supposed to be something new and something different. You know, and some people are changing their hearts, changing their mind, changing their life, changing their ways. They're coming out of darkness, you know, and I'm not knocking none of those denominations out there. They have a right to choose because God has given them that right. But that doesn't mean that that's the that's the that's the way that's the truth and that's the life. It might be as they think in their mind. You know, but there's only one gospel and it's the death, the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And how can you say you're preaching the gospel if you deny the deity of Christ? If you deny the son of God, if you deny that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's no other Jesus. That's it. He's it. The Messiah, Christ, the anointed one. No other name by which men can be saved. You might preach another way. And the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 12, there is that way out there unto man that seemeth right. But the end thereof leadeth to the way of death. That way going to pass away. And the way is always going to be there for those who come to the Lord and believe, according to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Mm. You know, he said, those who diligently seek after me, not some other way, roundabout way, but they seek after me with all their heart, mind and soul and strength. Then he says, guess what? I'm going to reward you. If you diligently seek after me, I'm going to reward you. But you got to first come to me and believe that I am who I say that I am. And I do what I said I'm going to do. I'm not a man that I should lie. I'm faithful who promised. My promises are not going to fade away. They're not going to pass away. They're going to stand forever. And he goes on to say there, you know, man, hey, you know that, uh, you know, don't be so focused on things that you see. Because just like you see them today, they can be gone tomorrow. They can be burned down. They can be, they can be destroyed, you know. Don't get so uh, engulfed with these things, amen, because they are temporary. That's what he said. They're temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And this is why we have to walk by faith and not by sight. Some people say, well, I believe it when I see it. Well, if you don't believe it, you'll never see it. And so you got to first come to him and believe according to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to say verse 6, amen. You know the scripture, amen. So in the book of 2 Peter, verse 3, I mean chapter 3, verse 10 of the King James Bible, it says it like this. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements, listen to this now, the elements, shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also in the works that are therein shall be burned up. Now, Paul is preparing the church. They probably think, man, that they're going to continue with these buildings, digging these big buildings and, you know, and places for them to, to sit in high seats and all of that. They think it's going to be like that forever. But there's only one king that's going to sit on the throne, Hallelujah. you know, and his son, you know. And so Paul is letting this church know, man, y'all, I mean, Peter, y'all got to change some things up in here, man. You know, can't, it can't work the way we're going. He's warning them here. He says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. You got to get ready now because suddenly all, everything could end, change just like that. And now we're unprepared, you know.
The eternity can happen just like that. Life is like that vapor, man. Here today, gone tomorrow. Now we're in eternity. Now we got to wait to see what our fate going to be. You know, he said, in, in which the heavens shall pass away. There it is right there. All this, you're going to hear the noise. He said, in the elements, everything that make up, make up the cosmos, make up what we see right now. He said, it's going to melt with fervent heat. And the earth, uh-uh, and the earth that we love so much, also in the works that are therein, those works of the flesh, those works of the eye, the pride of life shall be burned up too. So all this stuff is, is temporary. And when God is ready for it to end, ain't nothing can stop it. The only thing that's going to be left standing is his word. And if you've got his word in you, guess what? You're going to transition out of this body into a body that can never be corrupted again. You know, this, this corruption going to take, take it off and put on incorruption. You know, this is what he says is going to happen. This, is, this mortality going to be taken and put on immortality. And then we'll, yeah, yeah, and then we'll be able to see the Lord and forever be with him. Why? It's because we'll be just like him. Asking from this body and present with the Lord. You know, now we see him the way that he is. Amen. Uh, I think that's references in the book of Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. King James Bible. And so it's all documented, amen, for our learning that we might know and prepare ourselves <clears throat> to see things from an eternal perspective and begin today to live our lives in light of that eternity. Amen. And so he goes on in the book of uh, Revelation chapter 21, verse, uh, verse 1, and he says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Thank God for John's eyes seeing and He wrote down what he saw. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. You know, all everything was gone. No more sea. You know, no more crossing over to the other side. You know, everything had passed away. New heaven, new earth. Lord said he's going to do that. But in the meantime, what is he doing? He's creating a new culture of believers. You know, a new man, a new woman. He's taking a natural man and making him, transforming him into a spiritual man. That we can discern things spiritually now. You know. And so he goes on in the book of our First John 2 and 17 to bring this point out where we, where we started our teaching this morning. It says, And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And so what is it going to take? It's going to take our surrender. Not the parts of us we want to surrender. But you're talking about total surrender here. The best deal going right now, man, is Jesus Christ in a relationship with him. But you got to have a surrendered heart, a surrendered mind, a surrendered will, a surrendered spirit. A lot of people don't want to give themselves up wholeheartedly to God. They want to try to hold on to this relationship or that relationship or this thing or that thing. you know, And they start giving their affections over to it. And it starts keeping them out of church and start keeping them from seeking God and start keeping them from reading their Bible or keeping them, man, from doing the things, man, that please God because they can't see God. So they think, okay, because I can't see God, he's not there. And they'll start putting things more importantly, giving precedent to things and people and places than they do God. There's more people right now. I mean, I remember when I grew up, Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, everything shut down on the weekend. Friday was it. People got paid. They went and did their shopping, their business, and paid their bills and got a haircut and shoe shine on pick clothes about the cleaner on Saturday for Sunday because Sunday was church day. That was a Sabbath day for, for Christians. And people went to church, man. You know, 
even though someone was up in there with alcohol on their bread, but they was in church. Right. You know, and so those things have, man, how things have changed, amen. But the Lord said it will pass away and the lust thereof, but he that dealeth, he that doeth the will of God shall abide forever. So it takes total surrender and submission mm. to God's divine will. This, this is really nothing new. I know we all know this. And some of us right now, we, we can't wait to comment of how we do that, you know, and that's fine. You know, maybe this is not for you. Maybe this cup of tea is for those out there right now that have never heard this before. And I pray and hope you surrender uh, at the end of this teaching today. But he goes on to say in the book of Matthew, chapter six, verse 10, the King James Bible says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in heaven, in, in, in earth, right here in our lives where we live, Lord in our families, in our marketplace, our workplace, in our government, you know, in our institutions out there, Lord, in our, in our four dynasties out there, the government, you know, the religious system, the economy, Lord God, the, the education system. Yo, we need your will, Father, to be done. <clears throat> Some people trip and say, man, I, I wish they'll put prayer back in school. Well, if it's in your heart, it's in school. You know, if it's in your heart, it's in school. You know, we, we, we get so politically caught up sometimes. You know, if you wasn't praying before they took it out of school, you you know, you're probably not going to pray if they put it back in there. But if it's in your heart, you can't help but to pray for the school. If you're in the school and it's in your heart, you're going to pray while you, where you're at. You know, you're going to anoint your, your doors and your seats and all. You're going to do what you do when you're not in the, in the school. That's who you are. You're going to live who you are. You're not going to be one of those that do nothing. Now, hopefully we're not doing it to be seen of man. But it's because of what God is instructing us to do. Thy kingdom come, your way of doing things, Lord. You don't have to toot no horn about what you're doing. Just do it. All to the glory of God. The book of Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 says, Whatever you find your hands bound to do, do it all to the glory of God. Let God be the one that rewards you openly. And he says, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Amen. That's what God want to do until we come into the unity of that faith, that full vertical stature till earth looks like heaven. Our desires on earth matches God's desires in heaven for us. And then he goes on to say in the book of Matthew chapter 12, verse 50, the King James Bible, he says, for whosoever shall do the will of my father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. You know, kinsman, our, our kinsman redeemer there. Jesus is saying, this is my family. Those who hear the word, but those who do his will. Do the work. That, that's my family right there, you know. Goes on to say in the book of Matthew chapter 26, verse 42, of the King James Bible. And he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may pass, may not pass away from me, except I drink it. Thy will be done. Now, here Jesus facing one of those tests now. Remember, this is test number four. You know, loving not the world or the things of the world. Here Jesus is demonstrating that. You know, he, he's saying, Father, if, it, if it's going to take me drinking this cup to free them, to show them another way, a better way, a more excellent mm -hmm. way, then so be it. Thy will be done. That's what it comes down to. And when you separate from the things of the world, you know, I'm not saying that it's easy, but it has to be done. And God will help us to do it, you know, to fall out of love with the lust of the eye, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. He'll help us do it. He's doing it now because he's sanctifying us with his word. His word is truth. This is what's going to keep us. This is what's going to teach us because this has eternal impact on us. Mm -hmm. 
This is not just getting me through one or two days. No, this is eternal, man. You know, only what we do for the Lord. Jesus knew that when he came. I got to finish what, he's, what the, the work that he sent me to do, yeah. that I might be glorified. You know, yeah, I'm going to be crucified, but after the crucifixion, there's something else. I'm going to be glorified. Wow. I'm going to be restored back to my position with the Father. So, you know, he had to drink it for, for, our, for our sake. Goes on to say in the book of John, chapter 5, verse 30, the King James Bible, <clears throat> it says, I can of mine own self do nothing. I love this man. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. So we lead the judging up to Jesus because we know everything that Jesus judged is going to be just and it's going to be right. How so, Pastor? He heard it from the Father. Mm. He heard it from the Father. You know, all these folk running around here, man, you know, dogging people out, condemning people, and talking about they heard God told them to do that. Lying the truth ain't in them. Jesus is the only one that can judge rightly and justly. And God has given him that authority to do that. He tells us in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, judge nothing. You know, judge not that you be judged. You know, First Corinthians, the book of First Corinthians, chapter four, verse uh, five, King James Bible tells us, "Judge nothing before it's time." It's not time to judge right now. It's time right now to preach the gospel. It's time right now to teach the gospel. It's yes. time right now to lift up the name of Jesus. It's time right now to prepare the people, not condemn the people. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, if, "If any man be in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation to those who be in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the pleasing of the flesh, the things of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life." But those who walk after the things of the Spirit, and there's a lot of people yet, they may not in, in my eyes be walking after the things of the Spirit, but I believe that as long as the Lord is long-suffering and patient and waiting, that there's time for them to change their mind, even if it's when they're on the deathbed, even if it's 1159 before 12 strikes and they leave this world. The thief on the cross entered into paradise because he turned to the Lord at a crucial hour when he was being crucified for his crime. And the Lord said, from this day, you shall be with me in paradise. He asked the Lord to remember him. There are a lot of folks, man, that's probably going to take that path. It's not for us to say. It's not for us to judge or condemn. Our job is to do everything we can to let our light so shine that people will see our good works and they too will glorify our Father which is in heaven. You don't have to go around telling people I'm letting my light shine. They'll know. Remember, when you know something and you grow in something and when you go somewhere and when you go, you will have a certain glow. But you let God to be the one that turn that glow on or turn that glow off. You don't go out tooting your horn. You know. I know it's hard, man, because we want people to know I'm a Christian. You know. I'm, I'm a minister, I'm a, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophetess, I'm a bishop, I'm an apostle, I'm a pastor. We want people to know, man, that don't save nobody. Jesus said, you know, hey, I can do, he said, I can of my own self do nothing, but as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which sent me, which have sent me. So let's just, you know, do what we're supposed to do and let the Lord do what he was sent to do. Uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 21, verse 14, the King James Bible, says, And when he would not be persuaded, we ceased, saying, The will of the Lord be done. It comes a time sometimes when you're witnessing the people. You don't get into a debate. You don't get into an argument. You don't get into a struggle. 
you just tell them what thus said the Lord, you know. He says, you know, we cease saying anything. Because once you plant, once you water, you got to let God give the increase. You know, let the will of the Lord be done. There have been many a times, and I've been in conversation with people, felt like I wouldn't get nowhere. And I say, amen, well, to God be the glory, and may the will of the Lord be done then. If it be, that, if it be God's will, amen, if it be thy will, Father. I find myself in that situation a lot of times. You know, I wanted to grab the person and pull their head over and put the Bible in there, but I said, Lord, I can't go there. Joe thought about it, though. But, Lord, your will be done in that situation. Over in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2, very uh, uh, appropriate scripture that we use a lot of times, which fits a lot of situations, fitted this church in Rome as Paul wrote this letter. And it says, and be not conformed to this world. Why? It's going to pass away. And then you're going to be disappointed. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why the mind? It's the most important part of the body. That's the headquarters. That's the control center. It sends out the function to the rest of the essential organs in the body. Well, think of it spiritually, too, because we have a spiritual body, too. It operates the same way. You got to renew the mind to the things of God if you're going to operate and function in the things of God. It's just that simple. You know, Philippians, the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 5, said, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also. I don't know why people don't pray that prayer a lot of times. They ask for cause, how They don't think about, Lord, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in us. So we can start thinking about things that are above, things that are good, honest, true, and lovely. You know, things that the Father have prepared for us. Now, those are not the interest, see. So we think about these temporary things more than we think about these permanent things. You know, and so he tells us right there. He says that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's mature thinking right there. That's adult thinking right there. You know, that's 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 eternal thinking right there. That has permanent implications on your thought life right there. And the Bible says in in the book of you know the book of um, Proverbs chapter twenty three verse seven the King James Bible anyway so a man thinketh in his heart so is he get the mind right the life and the body will get right and what you do will get right he goes on to say in the book of Ephesians as we move to close here the sixth chapter verse six of the King James Bible not with eye service though as men pleases some folks just gotta have people pat them on the back toot the horn and tell them all this great stuff and some folks go out to do that so people can do that. You know, they're not thinking about how, how, does, how does God see what I'm doing, you know. He said, don't do it as, 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 as men pleases. Don't do it with eye service, you know. you know. He says, but as a servant of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Remember we talked about the heart? It's not about the relationships that are, that are built out there, the friendships, you know. But it's about what's in your heart when you do these things. What's the motivation? What's the motive? because <clears throat> God has already judged the sin but he's coming back to judge the motive for why we do some of the things that we do now what's the motive what was behind it why did you do it did you do it out of love for me or was it your self love and your self will and your self interest those things will come up and, and, and again so let's move on here it says make you perfect in every good work to do his will working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That's in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 21, the King James Bible. It, it spells it out right there. Make ye perfect. Make mature decisions about this thing. You can't do it without looking into the word of God and say, oh, because this is the way it's supposed to be. Not the way I think, but this is the way. Conform my thoughts to this, to this right here. 
This is what pleases God. In every good work. He didn't say some, but in every good work. Okay. To do the will of God. That's got to be the, 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 the driving uh, motivation right there. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Let that work in us what pleases God. You know, can't do it but through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. If we do that, we've done a lot. We've done the will of God. And then he goes on in the book of James. Again, this is from Jesus' half-brother James, chapter 4. Verse 15 of the King James Bible. Listen to what James writes. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Wow. Powerful. Powerful, man. Can't, can't, can't really add nothing to that warning right there, to that advice right there. Just got to, if the Lord will, we'll do this and that. You know, we shall live to do this and that. Whatever it is, you know. Last verse before we close. It says uh, in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, the King James Bible, just to take us back to the original uh, teaching this morning, the text this morning, it says, And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of the Lord abideth forever. Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning for your word. We thank you for how you have instructed us, yes. God, because there are warnings, God, that you've given us. There's this test that you've given us. There's trials and tribulations, God, that come where you test us. But we know that there's a tempter. And we thank you, Lord God, for delivering us from these mutable things, oh God, that are temporary, that material things, oh God, that, that we focus so much on and put so much of our energy behind. But God, when we look beyond these temporal things and we see things that are not seen with the natural eye, we have to look within the, the perfect law of liberty and continue therein that we may have that good success, that spiritual success that you desire, God, because we can only please you when we do it in spirit and in truth, God. This is true worship, Lord. You're seeking for such, Lord God. And so we thank you for this morning opening our eyes and letting us know that the world will pass away and the lust thereof, but he that, a, that doeth the will of God will abide forever. We pray, God, that we will go forth and be obedient men and women because obedience is better than sacrifice, as yes. Peter told us. We pray, God, that we not only obey you in word, but also in deed. And so we thank you this morning, and we praise you this morning for ordering our steps away from the call this morning in obedience to your word, to your instructions, to your warnings, oh God, to your prophetic word for, for the former foretellings, oh God, the major prophets and the minor prophets, that this be the foundation, the prophets and the law and the prophets, God, that gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And so, Father, we thank you that heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will stand forever. Now let your word be in us richly and let us dwell in your word, Lord God, for all eternity, God. That when all of this stuff pass away, your word will not pass away. It will live and stand forever. And so, Father, we give you praise going on. And now we pray for the ears of those who have heard the message today. And right now, they're making some eternal decisions to embrace that which is permanent, that which will not pass away, which is your word, your advice, your instructions, your warning to us. And we give you praise for it. Now, in Jesus' name, now, Father, seal this word in our hearing, in our hearts, in Jesus' name, that we sin not against you. Amen and amen. All right, then. Well, we're going to move right into our comment section. Pastor Sharon, amen, and followed by...